A couple of weeks ago, I took part in the Book Direct Success Summit, which was created by Jen Boyles. And I have to say it was one of the best organised online summits I've attended and presented at for many years. It was really excellently put together and I did enjoy spending time chatting during the presentation to people that are asking my, my presentation to people that asked that were asking questions. I've also enjoyed listening to all the other excellent presentations and one of which really struck a chord with me and that was on Instagram. For any of you who've been listening to this podcast for many, many years, you know that I've been trying to get to grips with Instagram for a long, long time. And I now think I found my muse. So listen in as I interview Paul Anderson of Sandfield Guesthouse in Oxford, England, and he talks all about everything Instagram. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as I sit here gazing out over Little Lake in Gulf Shores, Alabama, I'm in my happy place. Having made it all the way down here, we're actually heading home in a couple of weeks for Christmas. So uh, it's a little bit like going home for a vacation, going home to spend two weeks in the snow in Ontario. But with that knowledge that on about the 27th or 28th of December, I can just climb back into the truck and drive the two hours back south again and head back to my little home and my office in Alabama, which is working out perfectly so I'm back from New Orleans, from the Vacation Rental Women's Summit, and I'll be doing a little bit of a breakdown of what happened there in my episode next week. So hold tight to that, and I'll share with you everything that came out of that magnificent event uh, in one of my favourite places. And of course, at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. I mean, what could be better? What a venue that was. So being in New Orleans, there were a lot of Instagram moments. And I really didn't understand what an Instagram moment was until I really delved into the whole idea of Instagram. Now, years ago, of course, Instagram moments were just pictures, but now they're much, much more than that. They are short videos like TikTok, except Instagram calls them reels. And they are lives like Facebook lives, you know, just about anything that goes on any other platform now goes on Instagram. So I wanted to delve deeper into this and having attended and been part of the Direct Booking Success Summit a few weeks ago and meeting Paul Anderson from the Sandfield Guesthouse in Oxford and hearing all about his forays into Instagram and how he uses it and did an excellent presentation on it. I wanted to know more. I want to get, well, while I'm down here for the winter, I need a project. And my husband tells me I can't knit another sweater and leave it 
half finished. So it's going to be Instagram, which I think is probably much more worth my while, worth everybody's while. So without further ado, let's move on over to my interview with Paul Anderson and let him tell you all about Instagram and how you can use it for marketing and promoting your business. So I am super delighted to have with me today Paul Anderson, who hails from what I would call my hometown of Oxford in the UK. It's probably the the one place that I lived at more years than I have any other. So that is my claim to fame. It's also Paul's. He runs a uh, hospitality business called Sandfield Guest House. And he is also an expert on marketing and is going to talk to us all about Instagram. So welcome, Paul. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, Heather. Thank you very much for having me. It's it's a delight. I'm very excited to talk about all things marketing and guest housing and accommodation and hosting. And yeah, let's just see where it it takes us. Yeah, exactly. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into this hospitality business in the first place and tell us about Sandfield Guest House. So long story short, I am a reformed lawyer turned project manager. And in 2008, I've been living and working in Brazil for about three years, uh, building condominiums and refurbishing bars and and such when all the money on the planet dried up, all the investments stopped. And at the same time, there was a family illness. And so my my parents asked if they could move into a flat or a bungalow that I have around the corner. And I said, well, all the money's dried up in Brazil. Can I I have the house and turn it into a guest house? They thankfully said yes. So we essentially, I came home to much my mother's delight because I, I originally left for just six months and didn't come back for more than three years. So she was very chuffed to have me back and set about reopening the guest house. So The family moved into Sandfield House as it was in 1986. And then in the mid-late 1990s, my parents having retired, my sister and I having flown the nest as such, decided that they were going to have a go at at running it as a guest house. So they did that for a couple of years and then realised that they had actually retired and that's what they wanted to do with their time. So they mothballed it but stayed in the house. So when I came back, there was a fair amount of work uh, simply because I needed to start installing en suites, get the fire eggs up, get the internet ship shape in Bristol fashion. And so I started trading on six guest rooms in the June of 2009. So a little over 12 years ago, and I haven't looked back since. Originally, when I opened, there was a lot of commentary from local competition and neighbours that most of my rooms were single rooms. So I have four single rooms and two double rooms. The thought being that single rooms didn't sell very well. It turns out that by virtue of having six hospitals within a 10-minute stroll of Southfield House, single rooms do very, very well because there aren't many of them in my local neighbourhood, which is Headington and East Oxford. Alongside that, I'm also in the Royal Air Force Reserves. I've just remustered to become a driver. And uh, yeah, I have two kids, a four-year-old Cameron and a two-year-old, I've forgotten her name, and a two-year-old Audrey. <laughs> yeah, it just went. You just get a blank at times, don't you? Um, and my good wife. So the four of us live here. Uh, my wife does something completely different, and I've always run Sandfield Guest House on my own without any staff. So jack of all trades and master of marketing i'd like to think <laughs> well i think you have to be you know if you're running something like that uh, any hospitality business nowadays you have to be a master of marketing or, or hire somebody in who is 
Absolutely. I think given the, the nature of the work and given particularly that I don't have staff, being able to be multidisciplined and be agile has been absolutely key. I like to think is that there's nothing above me and there's nothing beneath me. So if I need to get my hands around the toilet to unblock it, that's fine. That's what I do. If it's poaching really nice eggs for eggs Benedict or eggs Royale, that's what I do. If it's getting out as I did it back in the day, pounding the pavement with trifold brochures, that's what I do now. It's designing content for Instagram and Facebook and all all the, all the other lovely platforms that keep us so so busy. Well, I've checked through all your platforms and definitely admire what you've been doing. And for my listeners out there, of course, as ever, those links will be on the show notes so you can check out how Paul actually does it, does, does the business, the marketing business for his own establishment. But in this discussion, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into Instagram, right? Yes, please. It's my favourite. <laughs> Well, let's, I mean, we're going to, I don't want to talk through really, you know, just step by step how to get into it, because there's a couple of parts of Instagram that are relatively new that I'd like to focus on. But let's just kick off by giving us five tips for someone who is new to Instagram on, on how to get started. Now, I know most people know what Instagram is and, and are probably on it in some way. Like me, I went back this morning and had a look at all my Instagram accounts and, and I have several and yeah, I haven't posted to them for probably two years. So <laughs> I need to get started again. And I think, you know, with any, with any platform, most people have their favorite platform, whether it be, you know, Facebook or Pinterest perhaps, or Instagram and the others, we might get enthusiastic about them at first and then they fall by the wayside a little. But I think Instagram is so important that it, it should be something that, that, that comes back to the forefront. So just give me some tips on how to get started. Okay. So tip number one would be get yourself either a business profile or a creator profile. So a personal profile uh, is fine for sharing with your friends and family pictures of what you're doing and so on and so forth. However, both business and creator accounts will give you a wealth of insights that will tell you whether what you're doing is sticking or whether it's missing. Particularly when it comes to targeting your customer avatar, the insights are particularly useful because they will tell you when your followers are on, on the platform. They will tell you all manner of statistics in terms of whether people are liking your content, how many people it's reaching, the split between followers and non-followers. I always push for non-followers because that's where the brand awareness piece comes in, getting my business out in front of people who've never encountered me previously. And so posting to Instagram on a personal account is very narrow. It's very limited. So my top tip would be either look at a business account or a creator account. So what's the difference? Between a business account and a creator account. So Instagram have recently been pushing for influencers and creatives to get them onto their platform, particularly with the likes of Reels in order to compete with TikTok. The business account has marginally more insights. However, I always use a creator account because the tools and the features and certainly the music library that's available to you is much broader far broader, predominantly because it circumvents, I don't know how they do it, but it circumvents a lot of the copyrights. So previously, if I wanted to use a track by James Brown, I couldn't. I flipped to a creator account and I could. And that was absolutely fine. And I wasn't treading on anyone's toes in the process. Oh, that's interesting because I've heard 
music on Instagram accounts. And I thought, hang on, that that they can't, shouldn't be using that. So now I don't know how I don't know how Mr. Mosseri's got away with it, but he's found a way that creators can pull all types of resources in from all types of different places, and not I'm assuming Instagram are not putting themselves or putting their putting their necks on the line from a copyright perspective. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, so we select either a business or a creator account, not a personal account. Anything else? Top tip number two: If you are new to the platform or you have just been using a personal account. Actually, I would say this is possibly tip number one. Just get started. (laughs) Just start posting content. Simply because the best way to learn these types of things is by doing. It doesn't really matter, I don't think, what your preferred learning style is. But the only way to find out what happens when you tap a particular button is to tap it. Yeah. Uh, there are lots and lots of guides out there that will help and guide you. But the bottom line is you've just got to get stuck in and get started. Once you get off the ground... You'll find there's a world of stuff to learn. And the more you learn, the more you discover you do need to learn or you would like to learn, mm-hmm. but get started and start posting. Yes. And I, I, I think, I, I know I overthink it and think, you know, I'm a perfectionist. So I want to get in there and, and get it right first time. But like anything, you know, just just, just do it. I think that, Absolutely. That, um, is, that is great. Anything else? Connected with that one, I would say that done is, done is better than perfect. Yeah. And in some respects, done exceeds perfect particularly when you're starting out because the way to make a connection with an audience whether or not they know who you are has to be very much built upon authenticity and if you are authentically not very good yet at instagram and using all the tips and tricks then that will come through and that's no that's not necessarily a bad thing so done is better than perfect would be kind of top tip to be number three would be Consistency, and it's important not to confuse being constant with being consistent. So when people start off, they'll see all these media gurus saying, oh, you need to be posting this many things on your feed a day and that many stories and this, that, and blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, you're either, one, being overwhelmed with all this information that you're trying to put out, or secondly, developing what can actually turn out to be quite deep anxiety about coming up with more content. Mm -hmm. My suggestion, and it is a very strong suggestion, is find a rhythm that suits you. Because if you are just throwing content out there, you will be missing your avatar. You will not be talking to the people that you would like to attract. And essentially, you are just wasting your time. I feel that strongly about it. So my posting schedule for Sanfield Guest House is three posts a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 08.45. That's it. I will occasionally, if something pops up, like a little bit of news or something that I think might be interesting, then I'll just add that in. But I like the consistency. I know the algorithm likes consistency. I know my followers like the consistency because they know when I'm going to post. I hope they get excited. Oh, I'm going to see what Paul's posted tomorrow or so on. And so being consistent, both with your timing and your schedule and your messaging, your content pillars and your strategy will always speak to your ideal customer. And you won't just be scrambling around, just chucking stuff up there willy-nilly and missing the mark most of the time. You've mentioned avatar a couple of times. So can you uh, explain how defining an avatar can influence what you might post? So a guest avatar is, in my mind, a a subset of what some people would know as a bio persona or a customer avatar um, and is often confused with what is my market? So what is my guest avatar? My guest avatar is my ideal 
customer when they walk through the door. The perfect person that I absolutely love hosting. I enjoy being around. I enjoy helping. So at a very base level, most hospitality owners, in fact, I would suggest all would say that they their ideal customer would be punctual with payment, punctual with arrival and checking out, won't smash the place up, won't rent an Airbnb and leave it in, a, in an awful state, would respect the building. But then it can go a lot further than that. And I think it then starts to depend upon the nature of your business. So if you are if you are managing multiple properties and you're not upfront and in the face of the guest, then your ideal customers will be, in some respects, more generic than they would mind, because I'm the only person who answers the door to a guest here. And so defining who your ideal customer is, rather than where your market might be, means that when you post content, whether that's in a podcast or on a website or in a blog or on any of the social media platforms, you are essentially targeting the type of person that you want coming through your front door or onto your property or into your ecosystem, your world, whatever that might be described as. Many people will say, oh, well, doesn't that preclude or, or ignore parts of the market? So a lot of people would say, I'm quite happy with a guest who just comes and pays. Yes, that's fine. But within that, there must be a subset of people that you would really enjoy hosting. So it's not to ignore other people, but it's just to focus your content creation and your marketing activities across wherever you do that at a single individual. And in so doing, attracting people that are very, very similar to that person. Yeah, I talked to uh, Sue Allen recently from East Ruston Cottages, who whose yeah. uh, whose company is a niche. It's pet, the pet friendly niche, and and all her marketing is targeted to people who have dogs, and it's very Excellent. very specific. You know, these are the only these are the people that she wants because these are the, this is the pro- types of property that. Uh, that uh, she has uh, registered under her, her management company. Yes, and in, in so doing, she will be putting off people who don't like dogs. And that, I think, is a very healthy, is a very good thing, because God forbid she would have some people show up at one of her properties um, who are allergic to dogs, and then all they do is they have a rotten time, they're scratching and itching, they write terrible testimonials, whatever you want to call them, have a rubbish time and tell everyone else, don't go there, it's full of dog stuff. And that, that's just negative for everybody involved. And I think if you can attract your ideal guest to your offering that is essentially ideal for them, because that happens by definition, mm-hmm. if you're ideal for, if they're ideal for you, then you're going to be ideal for them. Then everyone ends up happy and you end up with very, very chuffed customers and guests who will write you up, will become your fans, will become that testimonial and will tell all their friends and they will keep coming back. And then the cherry on top of that is you'll be delighted to see them again mm-hmm. and they'll be delighted to see you. I think you really hit the nail on the head when you talk about Avatar. And, you know, I've, I've, t- I've talked about this so many times, how important it is. And it's definitely good to bring this back front of mind for whatever platform that you're marketing on. And, th- and, and for me, it's to think about who that person mm-hmm. is who's looking at that piece of content that's being posted. And if you absolutely right, absolutely right. Yeah. In your presentation, and just to, just to add in, yeah. oh, sorry, and just, just to add into that, when when one's marketing of any variety is focused on a guest avatar, given that the ultimate aim, certainly for me, and I would suggest most hospitality owners, is to get 
potential customers onto your website and onto your booking page. If you are consistent, so back to the consistency point, if you are consistent with that singular message to that singular individual, when they land on your website, they will instantly go, this is the place for me. Mm-hmm. And they will very quickly, because they know a lot about you already, perhaps and you funnel them into that and then they go to the booking page. And as a result, the customer journey starts even before you know who they are and they know who you are. And that's got to be a positive thing. Yeah, exactly. In your presentation, you talked about showing up as yourself. And and I know when I was looking yeah. at some of my Instagram accounts, there is one with the with a logo. And I think most people just do that. They use a logo or they use a picture of their property or something. But when I look at your Instagram account, there is a picture of Paul Anderson on the Sandfield Guesthouse account. So just briefly explain that, why why we should be doing that. So it's it's not just on my Instagram account. It is exactly the same image on my Facebook, on my Twitter, right across the board. It's the image that I have on the About Us or About Me page on the website because it works very well for brand consistency. But the reason why I do that and not a logo is because my, and I'm not bigging myself up, but I am the unique selling point for Sanfield Guesthouse. So as an illustrative example, Sanfield Guesthouse is one of four guest houses out of five buildings. And we all pretty much do the same thing. And we all have a very good reputation. We're all on the London road in Oxford that becomes Oxford Street in London. We all provide facilities that are warm and comfortable. You can wash, you can eat. But I can't do what my competitors do in the same way that they do it. And equally, they can do the same thing, but not in the way that I do it. And having grown up here, one of my unique selling points is that I consider myself very much to be a local expert. So that's one of my content pillars, unrivaled local knowledge. So in order to distinguish myself from the competition and not just be a another logo, because in Headington, not just do I have three who are my neighbours, but there are about, there are there are 16 guest houses here and they are all, as when you drive past, they've all got lovely signs with a logo on it and they all have, some are active, some are inactive, social media accounts with a logo on it, which is fine for them. For me, because I'm welcoming people into my family home and it's me answering the door, I, in in some respects, want to meet my guests or have my guests meet me before they even arrive. And that begins with my face, who I am, how I do it, why I do it, how I got to a position of being able to do it, because I do think I'm very, very fortunate. And what that then does is, on a broader perspective, it humanizes marketing and the advertising. I often describe it as hiding behind a logo. Mm-hmm. Given that, particularly guest housing, um, and I would suggest glamping and campsites where your host is welcoming you on, or you have a management team, or you have a front of house who are who are doing that. By humanising it, you separate yourself from everybody else. If you're going to get ahead of everyone else, you first need to separate from the pack, and then you can move up a little bit, like cycling. You have to come out, and then you have to go round. And then you can push yourself forwards and out there. I've just lost my train of thought, Heather. I started waffling. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we've got it. We've got it. And yeah, I'll be. I'm going to be heading off to um, to change. It's, it's for va- my the one I'm going to be working on is my Instagram account for Vacation Rental Formula, which is it's not my property management company, but it's the education platform that really I mean it's where where the podcast sits and where my blog sits and all those other things and and it has yes. 
it has a logo up there which actually says nothing because I'm I guess I am the face of vacation rental formula. So that's the first thing I'll be doing. Absolutely. Is is changing out that. And it comes back to putting a face to the name, but putting a face to the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're known for your podcast, so you put a face to it, and suddenly it, it's got another dimension to it. It's a little bit more human. And I think for, for hosts in particular, I don't I don't I can't think of a more social livelihood to engage in than hosting mm-hmm. on any level. And by virtue of it being social and it's social media, then be social and put yourself front and center. Now, a lot of people are quite nervous and uncomfortable with that, but I was equally nervous and uncomfortable when someone said, why are you hiding behind your logo, Paul? But to be perfectly honest with you, within about 48 hours of having changed my logo to my to my mug, to my face, I just forgot it was there. Yeah. It, it, it sits on the internet. You're not, you're, you're not looking at it. I mean... <laughs> When I dial up my Instagram, um, there's my face, but I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at insights. I'm looking at other stuff, and it's it just sits there. I had a lady say that where she rents from, she has big lakes and mountain scenes behind her, and that really attracts. And so what she, what we spoke about and what she's now done is she took the image of the famous peak, and she took an image of herself, and then she superimposed one on top of the other. So now her profile picture is exactly what attracts people to her neighbourhood, but also her face are just yeah. off to one side. Quite large, but just off to one side. And that that's a perfect combination. Mm-hmm. She wasn't comfortable doing it, but becoming comfortable with discomfort when it comes to personalising a brand and making it much more human is something that does take getting used to, but I, I think it's it's absolutely crucial for what is a very social industry. Yeah, and I and I like that. It's it, it's something that I've I've mentioned many times. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go off much on this tangent, but about the the about us page on any hospitality website should be not about the property or, or about the company, but about the person behind it. And and I think every single hospitality provider should be putting themselves out there in their about us page and those that have done it are finding it it really does work to track people people are staying longer on that about us page because they want to read Absolutely. about the people. yeah and i think this the same can be said not just for logos but for the front of people's properties as, as beautiful as they might be people don't book somewhere to stay to look at the outside they're on the inside and that's where the people are yeah exactly exactly so I do want to talk about, you know, what to post on Instagram. Can you just briefly describe the different, I know there's different types of posts you can do. And, you know, I'm, I see that you, you post three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Are you using the same type of post on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or are you doing something different? Um, so what you're asking me, Heather, is about different uh, content types rather than the content that, that goes yes. into them. Okay. Um, so, yes, on Instagram, uh, I'm just running them through my head, there are perhaps five or six different types of content, and they all are suited to different purposes. So the most basic type or the most straightforward type would be a single image post with a caption beneath it. That is very, very good for providing information or a snapshot of something. And then the extended version of that is what's called a carousel. And that, that is multi-multi-purpose. I love carousels. They can be a little bit fiddly to create, but that will allow you to have 10 images. And as, as the viewer flicks the screen to the left, essentially scrolling right, they will scroll through almost like a slideshow. So mm-hmm. 
they're very good for taking people on a journey. I will always, and I do always use them when I'm talking about being 100% carbon positive and how I did it, because it's it's a fairly straightforward process, but it's there are quite a lot of steps in the dance. So that would be a very good example. The other really neat creative thing within carousels is if you have a panoramic image, you can have your 10 images stacked up so that as you slide across, it's like one image that's moving behind with a variety of texts in front of them. So that, that would be the static end of things. Alongside that, there are video formats. So traditionally and historically, there's been IGTV and lives. So IGTV is, um, is a very good way of going deep into a subject and talking about it. Um, I forget what the time limits are on it because I don't use them much. I don't think they're very good for brand awareness. They don't get much reach. Tends to be followers who will tune into them. And I'm always looking for going beyond my followership. And lives. Lives are, again, it's back to personalizing. You can't hide when you're being interviewed live like we are now. We can see each other. There's just nowhere for me to hide, whether that's in my tone of voice, whether that's in the language that I use, my appearance, my movement, the whole thing. Again, a very, very good way to explore a subject in depth. And then there's a, what I, I find very exciting are Instagram reels. So Instagram reels are short form video content. They tend to be between about seven and 15 seconds long. That seems to be a very sweet spot for, for reaching people who aren't following you, but they can run up to 30 seconds or so. So Instagram reels are Adam Masseri's so far, a very successful attempt to, to stem the flow and the, the constant progression of the young pretender that is TikTok. So it's essentially TikTok for Instagram. And by virtue of the fact that Instagram are trying to use this to stop TikTok taking over the short form video content world and own some of it themselves, they are giving, granting, um, <laughs> they, they will give your, your real much more reach than any other piece of content. So the final piece in, in the variety of content types would be Instagram stories. Instagram stories have now also been launched on Facebook. They again are short form content. So as you, if you ever look on your Instagram, you will see that you can scroll up and down and you will be seeing what Instagram thinks you will be interested in. Along the top will be everyone's profile pictures of people that you are interested in and actively interested in and you scroll left to right. Now behind these, are 15 second snippets of information. So much like with reels, they are short form. You can add stickers, you can add text, you can now add hyperlinks. If I was gonna give you a top tip number four, consider having a link in bio in your profile. But now on Instagram stories, you can put in a hyperlink so that you, you can guide people to go off the platform, whether that's to your booking page or whether that's to a blog and those types of things. So those, those would be the five or six different content types with a very brief summary, but the purpose behind each one varies as much as the format itself. Well, that, that's great. And I just want to concentrate now on Reels because you when, when we spoke prior to this and in your presentation at the Direct Booking Success Summit, you spoke quite a bit about reels, how important they are. And, and I'm quite fascinated with this, probably because, you know, if, if, if I'm bored at night, I'll sit in front of TV and just watch constant short videos of dogs. 
That's my. Well, <laughs> dogs falling over things or yes. getting stuck in doors, massive branches. Yes, yes, just just little things like that. And so I'm, you know, I I never thought I would get myself, you know, in, into watching this type of thing, but I can see the appeal of it and the interest that that people have in it. So, how does a reel get produced? Is it difficult? Does is there a steep learning curve? Can anybody do this? Anybody can create a reel. And I'll go back to my top tip number two. The only way to, to create a reel and to, and to learn about them is just to do them. And people need, need not be afraid of them simply because if you don't like what you've put together, you don't have to publish it. Mm-hmm. You can save it to drafts or you can just spin it. So you get as many takes as you want. Reels are, by their very nature, designed to be picked up and put down and to be entertaining um, and to be educating. Uh, there is a phrase, I'm not sure if I like it yet, that's coming out called edutainment, where you're educating people about something very quickly, but you're also having a bit of a giggle at the same time. So one of the questions that I that I get repeatedly as the social media hotelier is, my guest avatar is not Gen Z. My guest avatar is in their 60s and they're retired and they're coming to play golf and just have a nice quiet time. Do I need to be prattling about and dancing around twerking or whatever the word is in order to make a successful reel and the the answer is no not at all and i would actively suggest that it would be a very bad idea unless it's your cup of tea and and there are people out there who run guest houses and they are in their 60s and they're having an absolute fine time prattling about however the crucial ingredients to a reel that will go viral for you so not millions of people, but if you have a following like I do of about 500 people and, and you're, getting, you're getting your brand in front of, say, four or 5,000 people, that's viral for me. And the key ingredients to a successful reel would be to get your hook in within the first three seconds in order to keep the person watching, have a very clear call to action. What do you want the viewer to do? Do you want them to read the caption? Do you want them to save it for later? Do you want them to click a link? Have a very clear call to action. Keep them brief. Somewhere between seven and 10 seconds is what I aim for because we all know that people's attention spans is, are dwindling and make sure that the lighting is, is good. That's about it, really. I often see reels where people are stood with a plate glass window behind them and all you can see is a shadow moving around and they might be prattling about, but I don't know whether they're smiling or crying. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just not it's just not fun. Some of my most successful reels have been still images that have then been set to the rhythm of a piece of music that I like. So I recently did a reel on 10 free things you can do in Oxford. And that was, I forget if it was Beethoven or Mozart, but it had a, a fairly steady rhythm to it and the images moved through that way. I have seen excellent reels that have done very, very well, where it's literally someone walking around their local town and they do two seconds of this, that, and the other, and then just do a voiceover and explain why they're showing you what they're showing you. It mm-hmm. could be local eatery or it could be open, clear spots. But the reason why Adam Masseri and Instagram are pushing these is because of TikTok. Equally, they are aiming for the Gen Z age range. So Gen Zs are people who were born and have no concept of the world without the internet. Interestingly enough, they're at the top end of that. They're now starting to reach the age of 25, 26. So they've got a sense of wanderlust. They're starting to get disposable income. Really good to target in that respect. What's also interesting is that Instagram has taken 
from online gambling a lot of the tips and the tricks to keep people on their platform. And one of these is the short form content. Someone explained it to me once. If you think of a one-armed bandit, you pull the handle, you get your rush of excitement, all the apples and the cherries and that roll around, and then it's done. And then you put your coin in and you do it again. If you think that through to a screen, you get to the top of your feed. What do you do? You pull your feet down, you get that little dial that goes round and round and round and round, and there is a very small trigger. And in many respects, that's the same for Instagram Reels. If you don't like it, you can flip past quickly. If you do like it, you can stay there and you're entertained briefly. And it, it very much ties into trying to keep people on the platform for as long as possible. The bottom line is, with Reels, the longer someone watches your Reel, the more value the algorithm will think that your Reel presents and the more people it will show that Reel to in order to keep you on the platform and then they can yep. put paid advertising in front of them for longer. That's that's it. So you just need to keep people looking at what you do. Um, I was interested in when you, you were saying about, you know, going out and filming little things out and about. And you mentioned your, your 10 things, 10 free things to do in Oxford. So immediately comes to mind was how, how do you edit that? Is is, is there not a lot of um, you know t- time having to be taken in editing that? So... Instagram will always reward with reach. Reels are created within Instagram. So in the Reels creation section of Instagram, you can film something, you can trim it, both start and finish, get it in the place that you want, and then film something else and stack them. Um, It can be a little bit fiddly, particularly for people like me with fairly fat fingers. You can put the music on it. There is a, if you've not done video, if you've not done video editing before, there is a learning curve when it comes to either doing it on a telephone and then importing it into Instagram, which is no bad thing, or doing it on a computer and then creating an MP4 file and then uploading it. So there are a world of paid and free video editing apps. Um, The ones that people will probably encounter more frequently than others would be CapCut, which was created by the owners of TikTok. So it's specifically designed for editing short form content. The reason why I stay away from that is I understand that privacy and data protection rules are are fairly loose when compared to the others. There is an app called uh, VN, Video Editor. Um, That has a very interesting function where as it's playing a piece of music, you can tap the screen and it will mark those beats and then you just cut your images to those beats, for example. So there's a lot of user-friendly stuff thrown in there. The advantage of VN, of course, is that you can also use it on a desktop, so you can really take your time over it. What I would say is cutting and editing complicated, kind of 10, 12 image reels can be time-consuming. The more you do it, the better you get at it. But that's not to say that you couldn't just do two or three images for a longer period of time stick a little bit of text on top of it. And I think that can be equally engaging depending upon what that video content is. Okay. I feel I have my work really cut out for me here. <laughs> I think if you, I think if, if you enjoy consuming reels, then you will very quickly get an idea about what you like about particular reels. Yeah. And then the learning curve is trying to recreate or, or take a particular style and do that in your in your own image as yeah. such. But like with anything new, there will always be a learning curve. And one of the things that I particularly like about Instagram and Reels is that is that convergence of the creative with the tech. Yeah. Okay. And um, so using the tech to create the creative is always going to be in the early days a challenge. So how do we measure how uh, effective all this is? 
I'm sorry, Heather, I didn't understand the question. Well, how, how do we know? You know, they spend time working on reels and posting. How do we know it's it's been effective? Is it Are we using Google Analytics or, or, or some other method of ah, okay. how many people it's reaching, etc.? So measuring return on investment for marketing has, has always been quite a difficult thing to achieve, or it can be quite a complicated thing to communicate, particularly if someone else is paying the bill. What can certainly be, be done is um, one can connect analytics to one's Instagram. So when someone is looking at your content on Instagram, they can then go to your profile. So there are two places where external links can exist in Instagram. One of them is in Instagram stories. They only last for 24 hours. But the other one is in your profile. And this is known as a link in bio. Some people have a link to their website. Other people, like me, prefer to have a little bit more room for maneuver. And so behind that link, I have a landing page that will take people wherever they want to go, providing I put those links up there. So what can certainly be done is one can connect using Google Analytics and trace how much traffic is coming from that link in bio to your website. And then from there, you can track it through what is the user using, where are they going, are they getting to my booking page? That would be the most straightforward way of doing it. In terms of measuring reach, if you have a business account or a creator account, and I highly recommend it if you're running a business that you have one or the other, going to one's insights will show you the reach that a particular post had, a reach that a reel had, um, a reach for stories, all these different types of contents. It will break it down into followers and non-followers. Equally, you can then look over a week, over a fortnight, over a 30-day period, over a 90-day period, or you can customize particular periods and it will tell you the reach, how many profile visits that you had there. So it can be something that can be tracked and measured. On a basic timeline, without going into the complications of analytics, it's very straightforward to set up within analytics something that will trace referrals, as they call them, from your social media to your website. And that would be, particularly if you're getting off the ground, that would be a very, very good starting point. That is great. Paul, you have, um, I, I, I could sit and talk, continue talking about this, I think for probably another half hour, if not longer. Got so many more questions. I think perhaps what I should do is, is just take some of this advice and get started and start working on my account. And, and then I'll, Maybe share that with you and maybe we could come back and... Uh, yeah, please do. I'd like that. that. I have been looking at your account. I've been looking at some other accounts because I think that's, that's great to get in there and see what other people are doing. Now I understand a bit more about how this all, this all comes together. Are there any Instagram accounts that you particularly like that demonstrate all these, all these things that you've been talking about? Apart from mine, obviously. Um, I would certainly, <laughs> when it comes to personalizing your brand, I would very quickly go to Del Mar Bed and Breakfast. They are based up in Moffat in Scotland. I Someone love, who I uses love her reels. <laughs> I love Susan's reels are amazing, absolutely amazing. And it, it, I'm, I'm not putting it down when I say this, but the way that she does them just exudes and breathes authenticity. And you know exactly who is going to be welcoming you at the door. When you when you come through and and she is guilty of having plate glass windows behind her and I can't see her face but thankfully I know she's got shot red hair and I know exactly what she looks like but she has a lot of fun with it. I would certainly say um, Skate to Bohinge is very very good in pre uh, presenting uh, a slick. Can you um, say that one again? 
Escape to Bohinge. They're based in Slovenia. Bohinge is B-O-H-I-N-J. Escape to Bohinge. She runs um, what I can only describe as a, as a very tight ship. She clearly knows what she's doing. She's hitting a variety of content types. Her consistency is there. Her imagery is consistent. Her, her brand voice is consistent. When I started out on Instagram, she was very much an inspiration to me. And I occasionally perhaps crossed the line copying. <laughs> it wasn't quite plagiarism. The other one would be Bryn, um, Bryn Woodland's house. Again, um, very, very personable, very hospitable, very welcoming, and all of that comes through in all of her messaging. Absolutely outstanding. Okay, that, that, that's perfect. I will put those three as well as your link onto the show notes so that listeners can fun. go take a look. So um, we're going to have to wrap this up because uh, time seems to have disappeared really, really fast. You, you do offer help to people with their social media and and marketing. Can you just uh, sort of go into what the social media hotelier is about? So I set that up um, a couple of months ago uh, in order to help accommodation providers um, optimize their Instagram and maximize the impact that they have. So that's everything from content types and advice, which I give for free. I'm offering a half hour discovery calls literally just to talk about pretty much what we've just been speaking about, um, right the way through to auditing people's profiles and their strategy and coming up with very uh, easy, actionable recommendations and tips, personal power hours to explore a particular subject. And particularly if someone um, is doing something like I was doing recently, like launching a brand new website, creating a strategy and a program to maximize the opportunity there. Right the way through, I had a, I had a conversation with a lovely lady today who would like me to essentially take over her Instagram for her. So that would go all the way through the audit process, look at customer avatars, build that with her, establish what the content pillars are that that avatar would be interested in, and then come up with a posting strategy ongoing that then can be used to set up a framework right the way through to creating the content at the back end. So it really is everything from just creating hashtag groups and having a chat all the way through to I am more than happy and excited to run your Instagram account for you. Okay, that sounds perfect. Well, there will be a link, of course, on the show notes to uh, to Paul's social media hotelier and information on what he what he does, and so you can connect directly with him. Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you on the show. I have I talked to Sue B Zimmerman years ago. Sue has been very active in Instagram since the very beginnings of it. And I was so motivated after that call that didn't actually take the right steps. But now I'm motivated. Let's see how it goes, shall we? Well, it's been an absolute delight for me as well. Thank you so much, Heather. I've really enjoyed it. And and do take me up on on a on a quick half hour call, and we can talk about getting you off the ground and getting you started. Be more than happy to help. That would be perfect. And I think I will take you up on that. Thank you. Please do. Well, that was a great, uh, great conversation with Paul. I am super motivated again to get back to my Instagram account. So I will be sharing that with you. So hopefully you'll follow me on my newly minted vacation rental formula Instagram account. That would be cool. And uh, let's have some engagement on there because I, I need I need that. I need that support and that motivation. So that's it for another week. 
always a pleasure to be with you. Um, I, as I say, I will be heading back home to uh, to Ontario for a couple of weeks. So you'll probably hear me talking about the snow again, but only for a very short time. And it will be very festive snow. You know, at least I know, you know, I, I can guarantee I'm going to have some warmth in my winter. I can also guarantee I'm going to have snow at Christmas. So the best of both worlds, which I'm very happy about. Right. I'm, uh, I'm away and I will be with you again next week. And as ever, always nice to know that you're listening to this and enjoying what uh, I'm bringing to you in the way of topics. Please let me know if there's anything you'd like to hear about. I always like to tailor what we're delivering to my audience. So let me know. So I'll see you again, or I'll be in your ear again next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you and I look forward to being with you again next week.